Does wielding the power glove prevent you from snapping yourself? The Nintendo power glove? Yeah, I think it's for a controller, like a Nintendo, like one of those old Nintendo devices. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just hard to snap with those. They just have, it's mm-hmm. like fabric. So, yeah. Actually, how did he snap with his power glove, his Nintendo That's, power glove? That I feel like is the least realistic part of this yeah. whole. Oh, that he scenario. managed to snap with a metal How do you gauntlet? snap <laughs> with a gun? <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 202 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm waiting for more of a response back from this 202 response code. Mm. Mm, yeah, you know I got that I mean? problem. I told you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Pick it up at your laying down. Yeah, but My name's Sam. That's it. That's just Sam. <laughs> He's just doing his own thing. Now, this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is Ape Twine, 20 grand teen. Ooh. Are you out of Gorilla Glue? Try Ape Twine. <laughs> Sponsor of this week's podcast. It does a medium job of holding two things together loosely. It's better Ape than, Twine. I thought it was Aped Wine. Aped Wine. Which was wine crushed by it's, the large, callous hands of a gorilla. Which are great for grape crushing. Mm-hmm. Or crushing crushing many things, yeah. really. Yeah. You can also use them to make watermelon wine, because they can just crush watermelons it's with their hands. Just boom. One, yep. it, it only takes one watermelon, though. For for one wine. To make a one wine. <laughs> yeah. One watermelon per wine. That's what I that's what my grandpappy always <laughs> used to say. <laughs> that's true. Like uh, yeah, why, why are we using grapes? You need like a million of them. Yeah. You can just use watermelon. Mm-hmm. Just one. It's job security for the grape farmers. It's, there's a whole point. conspiracy. There's a whole there's a bunch of YouTube videos about it out there. That there's a lot of it. It's true. There's a lot of that. Uh before we get started, we have a warning. There's gonna be profanity. So if you're a child, then stop listening and go away. Go outside. Play with some sticks. Uh, we'd also like to <laughs> thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. We got a we got a new one, Hot Claw. Ooh. <laughs> Hot Claw says, I live in South Africa, and for some reason, I only paid 185 rand for level head, which I think is a currency or maybe some, Ooh, other, some other thing. Sounds cool, though. Uh, yep. For level head plus the soundtrack, which is only 13 American dollars. When I heard the game is supposed mm. to cost $20, I figured I'd donate the difference. Thanks for being awesome <laughs> and making awesome stuff. Uh, also, this is, this is also note. literally the only time this will ever happen. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, thank no you, Hot Claw. Yeah. You are the one. You are the one person. We'd also who like would to thank our recurring this. supporters who gave us money just all the time, just all day, every day, just roll, just, just, just money, just flown in. You well, know? This is an interesting thing with Steam because they they set regional prices yep. that are not. It's not based just on the exchange rate. It's, it's based, based on, on spending power. Yeah, purchasing yeah, power. Right. So. So it's supposed to make it more even so so that it feels equivalent to buying the game. Yeah. So it's not, it's not a direct just currency conversion. Which Yeah. So it often comes down to like price of housing, price of food, yep. et cetera, et cetera. So it should be like proportional in all countries of an mm-hmm. impact on your life, right. um, which is – I think that's It's fair. a fine way to that's do That's fine. It. Yeah. 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 Uh, but we appreciate the the donation. It's very it's earnest. Like yeah, well, but, but, it's the, but it's the whole idea. Like if you can afford to pay more, please do. Yeah, go for yeah, it. No one does, we'll take it. I, I mean, no one does, this, but please do. Hot this reminds me of, uh, I, I believe I saw an Elon Musk uh, tweet at oh, some yeah. point. <laughs> What's he talking where, about these uh, days? So at some point, they they, they slashed the uh, MSRP of their of one of their models of Tesla. Mm. And they're like, yep, Tesla this cheaper now. And this is like the day after some guy bought one. So he tweets and he's like, well, how come I don't get my money back then? And then, of course, Elon responded <laughs> and he was like, so if we raise prices, uh, do you have to pay us more? <laughs> you can't have it both ways, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, is fair. Well, Elon still got his sass. That's good. He does. He's yeah. He's, got, he's got too much. Yeah, he's, he's really sassing, sassing off the rails. Mm-hmm. I feel like. But anyway, uh, Avengers: The End Game. Avengers: End Game. Yeah, End Game. We didn't see it yet, so there's but no we will have. Here. But we will have by the time the podcast comes out. Yeah. But we don't have that knowledge currently, so we nope. can't spoil it for you. That's or, or that's it. Well, we're going to see it. Well, so here's the thing: Avengers Endgame is happening, and then Game of Thrones is also ending. And I feel like this is kind of it's both cool, but also it sucks because it seems End Game of Thrones, End Game of Thrones, <laughs> Avengers End Game <laughs> of Thrones. Yeah. So Game of Thrones and Avengers have both been ongoing for like a decade. Yeah. And I feel like this is a cool moment in sort of entertainment history because there aren't very many things like of that this, magnitude. You know? I think Harry Potter was the last one that I remember where it was just a long, like seven or eight years, right? 
Yeah, but it wasn't that many those. movies. We've still got Star Wars, but also Star Wars spanned like 30 years and was only a handful of movies. Yeah. But also they can keep on kind of just remaking the same movie. So it's just you less. Mean, there's like, a Death Star again? Yeah. There's a, hey, Death, guys, Star. There's a Death Star. There's again. only one Jedi laying around for some reason. Exactly. So it's, <laughs> I mean, as far as what you look at the the overall, the total number of characters that something like Game of Thrones is handling, and then actually the same thing with Avengers and the differences in the plots and stuff like that. I mean, the plots are kind of similar as well, but um. There's just a lot more going on in those two cases. So they feel like epics, right? Yeah. In a, in a much, even more grand scale than something like Star Wars. Yeah. Which makes me think like, I don't think we've ever had anything of this scale before. It sucks that they're both kind of wrapping up at right around the same time. Because yeah, I'm yeah, curious what it means for, because I know what it means for Game of Thrones to be wrapped up. Like it's literally over now. It's just over. Well, there's oh. going to probably be, I think there's going to be yeah, some prequel, new show. Yeah. It's like a prequel or something. Like, yeah. like hundreds of years in the in the past. Yeah, which which will something. be cool, but it won't really be... It's a, it'll be a different. Thing, it's going to be yeah. different because this is because like, it'll Thrones be like the Star Wars people. prequels. Yeah, exactly. They'll have weird CGI things. aliens in it and all that. Just yeah, the Binks gonna show up. Yeah, it's gonna be horrible. Oh yeah, they're gonna have a Jar Jar Binks. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen with the MCU. I'm sure, I'm sure people already know. I would assume, yeah, but like, I don't, I don't know what the next phase is because also presumably that depends on what actually happens in this movie that we have not yeah. seen yet. And we also know that there's a Spider Man movie coming out later mm. in like a few months or something. Yeah. So Homecoming. Yeah, so that does. But I think, but that, I think it takes place before this one. No, Homecoming already that happened. Already happened. And that was Homecoming was the first one. What's yeah. the next one? Oh, Far From Home or something. Yeah, away from. It's got a lot of home. Away from the house. <laughs> real, real out dang, of the house. Oh, real dang Spider Man hanging out in the backyard. <laughs> Spider Man Three. Because he's, like on, the he's like on a study abroad trip or something. I don't know. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I, 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 I thought, thought he was like going to be on an alien planet. Or that's, something. that's what I thought because it was like, cause, yeah, I think it's called like Far From Home or something like that. But yeah, I mean, no, he's already like been he's literally just, he's just like in London. He's like in London or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, Spider Man is is one of these weird uh, case studies of a superhero that has a very specific set of powers that like seems really useful, but only in a certain scenario, which is like if there's tall buildings around, mm-hmm. he's just all over the place. But I think in the in the homecoming movie there was a scene where he had to like go out of the through, town yeah. and then he's just like running. Yeah. Like yeah. something's happening, he's just running and like he's like jumping on top of ha- like regular houses and running across yeah. and stuff, but can't swing. Took him forever to get mm-hmm. there. Yeah, that's pretty funny. It was uh really highlights one of his core weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say my my prediction for what's going to happen in in uh in the end game movie. Yeah, let's make some predictions that, even though it's So everyone's uh, everyone's going to come try to you know try to Convince Thanos to I don't know use the Green Stone to bring everybody back or whatever. Right? So they're all going to arrive. Mm. At oh, so it's, oh, so it's going to be like a debate because they can't beat him in battle. Yeah. So what's going to happen is he's going to is instead he's gonna, he's just going to put the glove back on and he's going to snap because every presumably every snap kills half of all. Mm. He's going to keep on Zeno's paradox exactly until there's nobody in front of him to bother him anymore because then it'll still be a lot of people left. I think you know maybe I mean? like a, maybe a, just in terms of like absolute numbers. Maybe he'll be out at a poetry reading and he'll be really moved by something and he'll reach up and start snapping oh, and yeah. then be like, "Oh God!" After a few snaps, yeah. or when you know the entire audience, yeah. Or maybe maybe the uh, and that'll be the thing that makes him realize that he maybe took this all too far. Now he can't. He has no he has audience. To reverse all of yeah. his spoken word poetry that yeah, he's been pouring a soul into. That's pretty likely. Yep. Or maybe maybe the uh, the jets and the sharks are going to come together and challenge Thanos, <laughs> and then that's going to be a disaster. Yeah. They're all going to be snapping. Snap <laughs> <laughs> be every, time. every time he snaps, half the jets and half the sharks just boom, mm-hmm. they're just gone. And eventually, there's just one jet or shark left. Yeah. Does wielding the power glove prevent you from snapping yourself? The Nintendo power glove. Yeah, I think it's for controlling a Nintendo, like one of those old Nintendo devices. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just hard to snap with those. They just have it's mm-hmm. like fabric. So yeah, actually, how did he snap with his power glove? His Nintendo That's, power glove. That I feel like is the least realistic part of this yeah. whole. Oh, that he scenario. managed to snap with a metal. How do you gauntlet? snap <laughs> with a gauntlet? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Actually, <laughs> good point. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, did he actually snap, or is that just how I remember it? He snapped. Yeah. Okay, all right, cool. cool, 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 cool. He snapped. He snapped. Maybe he. Well, I mean, Wait, he, he, he does have the reality stone. So I the feel way, like oh, he can bend the, reality. That's to, the only maybe way. Maybe he made it so that he summoned skin in between those fingers. <laughs> Just long <laughs> enough to snap with it, because the way a snap works is you build up, you build up some like friction and pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you, and you pop and it you like, like a mantis shrimp. So you if you create a cavitation bubble, exactly. hotter so you than got the like sun. a super because it's metal. maybe he just summoned a tiny mantis shrimp. It would there. it would have been more like yeah, that's what it is. It would have actually been more like a. Ee! 
right? Yeah. It'd be a screech on yeah, metal on screech. metal. It'd be like when you rub a fork on a plate. Yeah. yeah. Which is a horrible noise and probably would kill yeah. half of everyone. That's know? true. Yeah. Now, if you made yeah. it loud enough. Maybe it just maybe all the glove does is just magnify a sound really loud. So it's the sound of a fork on a plate. Yeah. Just everybody hates everyone. that and everybody mm-hmm. just evaporates. They're like, I'm out of here. I'm out, yeah. I'm out of I'm this out. reality. I'm this plane of existence. Now, yeah. So I mean, we're t- this is a movie with alien invasions. This is a, a guy who got bit by a spider and turned into a mutant. This is mm-hmm. a, a guy who built a suit that he can fly at like Mach ten and then just hit the ground at full speed without, with without liquefying mm-hmm. himself. Uh, we've got like gods of thunder. We got all this Hulk. stuff. I get. I'm I'm behind all this. On yeah. board. Who, how can you snap with a gauntlet on? I don't know. <laughs> <Such> a- <laughs> Such a good question. This is really we've gone too far. Yeah, it's just not believable anymore. I'm, yeah. I don't think I'm even going to see they it. Jump the shark. Yeah, atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to see Endgame. I'm boycotting it. This is, bull- <laughs> this is bullshit. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not realistic enough. Anyway, let's talk about Levelhead. Where are we at? Uh, how's it Somebody going? Is. How's let's talk about early access. So we've been we've been having trouble getting traction. Yeah, with the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did our we did our launch weekend and got a small influx of players and a huge influx of wish lists. Oh yeah, the wish lists keep pouring in, rolling wish lists. Uh, yeah. They're kind of like exposure books. They are. So yeah. the basic thing we we kind of came to realize is that people are a lot more gun shy about early access. I think than we anticipated for one, uh, which makes sense because you know Steam opened the floodgates a while ago. And there's lots there's a of, lot of access games that came in. There's a lot of bad <laughs> full releases and yes. even, a lot of even worse early access games. Yeah. So um, and on top of that, you know, it's just a timing game, too. So there's just the reality is there's so many things happening literally all the time now in the game space that uh, timing is just a huge thing. So, you know, one week to the next, we know this from sending our own newsletter emails and stuff like that. Like if you send someone who really wants to read your mail the same email an hour later, they probably won't actually read it. And so uh, a big part of it is just timing. So we're continuing to just push on the on all these fronts, the PR and everything like that. And hopefully we'll start seeing a bit more pickup um, on these things. And we've also been been looking at just a lot more examples of early access titles and actually seeing that that there's there is a particular sort of path that a lot of these actually take, which is that they start basically you start low and then it just grows over time. And it'll spike at some point because of, you know, someone someone picking it up or, or yeah. whatever else. So we're just kind of we're continuing to push on all these things and, you know, sending out tons of notes and, and also kicking out a bunch of ideas for how to increase the exposure that the game has so people can actually get in there and try it. Because largely what we've seen, like the, the response has been so positive that it's kind of ridiculous. We have the community's fantastic and uh, like our, our review score on Steam is extremely high. I think way better than it was for Crashlands, for example. Like 95 um, or 96 percent. Yeah. yeah. Which is nuts. For a so, game that's not even done yet, feel pretty good. Yeah. So I think uh, we're just continuing to push on it, but I think that leads into the next patch. So what's the what's on the table? Yeah. Well, so we, we're going into this uh, every Wednesday patch thing. Um, and every every patch, the plan is to try to get some new feature in that we think is important for, you know, with the current state of the game. Um, plus some, you know, polish and then as just as many bug fixes and small improvements as we can. So, uh, so this upcoming Wednesday, we got first, we have infinite checkpoints, mm-hmm. so, meaning like you, they have infinite lives, not like there's an infinite number of them. Right. Uh, so, so we'll talk, let's talk about this infinite life checkpoints. Now, back when we first started making the game, we thought, you know, it'd be kind of cool because we don't have lives like, uh, like a, a lot of other platformers will give you like a certain number of lives. And then once you lose your lives, then it's like, you have to reset at some you gotta, far yeah, previous yeah. save point basically. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, we, I don't know anybody who's been particularly fond of having lives, mm-hmm. uh, like just run out and then all of a sudden you have to turn over. And we thought everybody hates this. How do we make it better? And so we, we use the checkpoint system in Levelhead where you can, as you're building levels, you can say this checkpoint only will respawn you like three times or six or like up to 30 times. Um, or you can make it be infinite. So the players- at the beginning, you didn't even have an infinite option. That's yeah, true. They started out as limited. They yeah. started out as limited. And the, and the idea was you essentially give the player a certain number of, of times to like retry a certain section of your level. And if they can't get past it, then they start back over at the beginning of the level. So it's kind of like a soft version of this running out of lives and starting the whole game over or right. whatever. Um, and the idea there was was that that limitation on the total number of attempts you had would would raise the stakes a little bit in a way that was fun. That yeah, was the like there's more tension because you know that if you if you screw this up – 
then you lose you lose a respawn, and then mm-hmm. if you screwed up six times or whatever, then now you got to do the whole thing over. Um, so the response to the limited life checkpoints has been generally bad. Yeah, so well, I'm <laughs> I'd talking call about it, it. I'd call it universally universally bad. bad. Yeah, so universally bad. In the scope of the campaign, interesting. The campaign actually started with almost exclusively limited life checkpoints. Mm-hmm. And was that in alpha too, or was that, did we already start changing? We'd already started changing it by okay. the time alpha happened. Um, but there's still quite a bit of them actually in yeah. there. Cause actually most of our complaints in the alpha were about limited All life checkpoints. <laughs> Every single one of the campaign complaints is about levels of these limited uh-huh. life checkpoints. Yep. And, uh, and, and then as basically what's like, so for me mentally, what's happened as far as like how that design has evolved is that they originally started with this, this goal of like, Oh, we want to ramp up tension in this particular moment. Right, so like right before a boss fight, you'll you'll trigger a checkpoint, and it'll only have like six lives on it. And you're like, oh man, this is gonna be intense. Uh, the problem was that, of course, when you died at that point, which might be at the very end of like a four minute level, if you died six times, you get whipped all the way back to the beginning, yep. and you have to do everything again. And it's not the case that uh, that those that those challenges are you know less challenging now that you're doing them. This this like the whole level all over again. Uh, so in other words, they're they're still interesting or they're still fun to do, but the sense of loss because of the fact that everything is challenging actually pretty much all the time at level head was high enough that that, that was always a time when people would just be like, ah, I'm, you know, I'm good. Yeah. Like I'm going to yeah. Well, there's a huge difference in it. And I found myself because there there's still a few limited checkpoints left mm-hmm. in the campaign. And so this weekend I was playing some because I still haven't completed the whole thing yet. So I was like playing through the rest of the desert over the weekend. And uh, and I hit some of those. And it was mm-hmm. that it was it was that. That interesting uh, response, like that, I could just feel inside of myself, you know, where I would go to 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 try to beat that some section, and um, oh my god, I'm just losing my train of thought. I can feel it evaporating out of my mind. <laughs> so oh, you yeah. hit I'm a limited life checkpoint, you go to beat a section, you you die, you and die. Then you got to start the whole level over, yeah. and you're just generally pissed off. Oh yeah, so it. so the difference in in uh, in having it so that. Like, is, my, is my blood sugar dropping? Like, I, think I, can, <laughs> I don't know. You're right. That might be what I'm doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna go grab some. Go grab some. Grab we'll we'll, we'll keep talking about this. Okay, right. sure. So, right. but essentially, what would happen then is that uh, every single response I saw from from people in the campaign, which is why the campaign gradually came to almost exclusively use infinite checkpoints, and now actually will exclusively use them, um, was that 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 is the moment where someone decides that they're done. Yeah. And I played so this weekend. I also took about an hour and a half uh, on Saturday, and then another hour on Sunday, and I just played through a bunch of user levels. And the only time, the only time that I quit a user level, limited life was checkpoint. when I when when a limited life checkpoint imploded, yeah. and I didn't get to enjoy the rest of it. Yeah. And so, and that was also like a, there were so many levels that had really clever, interesting designs in them, but they were gated behind these checkpoints. And so, uh, one of them was super fun. It was exploring some power ups in really interesting ways. And uh, but of course, they were new ways. And so, I was learning. I was learning as a developer of the game how this person was sort of wanting me to use these various power-ups. I'd never even thought it before. And uh, each one had a limited life checkpoint attached to it. So yep. I'd die a couple times, and then I'd restart all the way back at the beginning and have to go like work my way over there yep. and then just die again. And after three tries, even though it was probably one of the most interesting levels I've played, I was like, yeah. I can't. Ah, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, so let's, things- talk about, let's talk about what it, what it means for something to be challenging, what it means mm-hmm. for something to be rewarding or difficult. So yeah. in the case of these, of these checkpoints, if you hit a checkpoint, then what that means at its at its core is that you have beaten some part of the level and yes. checked in. Like you beat you you beat the challenge, so you've you've overcome it now. It's you've you've done it. You mm-hmm. can be proud of yourself and you're good. So you check in at the checkpoint, uh, and then the ch- later on the checkpoint explodes. Now you've got to replay the beginning. Is that challenging? No, because you've you've already done it. You know how to do it. You've solved the puzzle, or you've you've beaten the enemies, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and so. So now you just are doing chores, like you're doing busy work, right? Right, and and it reaches this point of not of going from being challenging to being frustrating. Well, there's a, so I think there's the thing that people get hung up on when we talk about this, the word challenging is the difference between things that are challenging in the moment to moment aspect of it. So in other words, like pulling off the moves uh, and and sort of learning and and for the first time breaking through some skill barrier on something. That's a very challenging. That's a very that's where the fun is. And then there's challenging as it relates to the mental game which is dealing with the frustration of constant yeah, making failure. yourself come back to it after you yes. fail a bunch of And times. so the issue that the issue I have and sort of have slowly developed with the limited life checkpoints so is that they seem like an obvious way to get the the former part of that which is okay so you know if someone fails at, at this enough times and we just we completely reset it and it's like this really intense thing and part of the fun of the game then is 
is experiencing that like that sense of loss and then coming back at it. But the reality is that 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 sense of loss is actually only living in the mental game. It's not fun in a in a overcoming challenges sort of way. Right. It just sort of pokes you in the mind, yeah. and you're like, you have to overcome, you have your, to overcome own your hatred, anno- your own annoyance. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's not from a design standpoint. That's not the point of the game. The point of the game is to make it so that you hit one of these checkpoints. And in ideally, you know, you hit that checkpoint either because you were doing something that was kind of mundane before and we don't want you to do it again or because it was hard, right? Yeah. It was challenging and you you earned that little save point. Uh, and then what actually happens, and I found this with these player-made levels I played this weekend, was that if a, if a level has really good checkpoint usage in it, it makes it really sticky. So yeah. as you yeah, ramp – you want to finish it. Yeah, yeah, as you ramp the difficulty up through a level is one of the smartest things I've, I've sort of come to understand through playing other people's levels actually is if it starts off easy – and then it gets a little harder, a little harder, a little harder. And each time through one of those sections, you get a checkpoint. Then when you hit that section that it's just – You're determined to finish Yeah, it, because yep. you've already put in like yeah. 10 minutes or so, so this comes back to something we talked about quite a long time ago, um, but about this idea of people people are very determined to finish things that they feel like they've already started. Yes, it's called the Zygernick effect. Right. Yeah. And so, so you would see games like uh, Fallout 4 – would like some some person would come running up to you in the wasteland like oh no a bunch of my friends are taken prisoner go help them and then it's like your new objective is free these prisoners and then it starts as like one out of 12 because you've already quote freed the first person and because you now have this quest that's already in progress and it feels like you've already made gotta go finish it so so you're far more likely to, to get in there um and so checkpoints that explode just undo, undo this, this yeah. right? So now you start the whole level over. You have no progress, and you're far more willing to abandon it. And yeah. so, so I think the reason we kind of came around to this was was we've all been kind of feeling it. And like any any time there's limited life checkpoints, there's like a general flurry of complaints around that. Mm-hmm. So I went uh, into our telemetry and looked at the campaign levels. And I noticed that the levels that are getting the most complaints uh, and causing people to quit playing or or whatever are not the hardest levels. No, they're not. They in terms are. of clear rates. Yeah. Um, and actually, in some cases, some of them are some of the easiest levels. So we, we have one level that has a, a 20% clear rate, which means people only die five times on average before they beat that level. Um, but that level has the highest quit rate of any level mm-hmm. that we have. And it's also one of the levels with the least forgiving checkpoints in terms of the checkpoints explode. So like maybe mm-hmm. you die three times mm-hmm. and then you just like, and then you have to start over and but then you just each quit. death sucks way more than if you died a hundred more times. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we were looking at that and we're like, huh? Cause actually some of the hardest levels are, are levels like, um, be sneaky GR18, which is mm-hmm. the first level where we introduce the, the ninja power up. And, uh, that level has an extremely high death rate and a very low yes. clear rate, but almost nobody quits. Right. Yep. And so, uh, so it all comes down to good use of, of checkpoints. And then on top of that, we were watching, uh, so Retrofile does his, uh, he streams on Twitch mm-hmm. as part of the Speedrunners Guild and stuff. And, and he was having a conversation on stream where he was playing through a level that was a really good level. And then he hit this limited checkpoint mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm going to say it right now. Do not use limited life checkpoints because <laughs> it ruins the level. You yeah. know, um, I'm paraphrasing here, but, um, and then several people in the chat were like, yeah, you should never use limited life checkpoints. Mm-hmm. And then I flip over to another stream of somebody playing level head. And he's like, I love this game. I love this game so much. I'm a huge fan of Mario maker and this game is so much better, blah, 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 blah. But there's one thing about this game that I absolutely hate. And it's these limited life checkpoints. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, well, the, the important note here is when you, whenever you make a, a change like this, especially to a game that's in early access. Like the whole point of early access for us is literally to get this sort of feedback because this is exactly the sort of the sort of thorn in the paw that if you fully launch a game on every single platform and you find one of these that as a dev, this is like this is what I get nightmares about from a design standpoint. Because there's just one thing that you missed. There's just one thing that's not a big deal to change. It's yeah. not hard to change. This is literally a one line of yeah. code change. And it's the sort of thing that can literally completely dismantle the experience for someone yeah. in the way that we were intending it to be. Um, so it's it's... It's our first sort of change that will uh, – basically what's going to happen is it'll actually retroactively apply this to every level that's been made. So now every level that players have made will just be better now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing is like I know we'll, we'll get a little bit of guff about it because, of course, it's not necessarily what the player intended, right? Well, but, but also it's just – it is a change. Yeah. So, you know, ch- change is – so I, I noticed this when we when we uh, updated the UI for the, um, the marketing department mm-hmm. and – it's so much neater and so much cleaner and it just looks so much better because the original UI was literally a placeholder. 
Yeah. Like we didn't have any kind of a color scheme or anything, but the people who had been seeing it were now just used to it. And so, so we did get several comments, people being like, I prefer the old one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, you always prefer the old of anything, uh, at least at first, because change is always kind of weird, you know? Um, So I'm excited about this. I think this is like the one big sticking point that I feel like has just been kind of a, it's just been a thorn in our side forever. Well, I think it's, it's sort of, it's expanding on our understanding of what, what challenge means and what it means in the context of level head. And this is something we've been exploring more and more in the campaign itself. Like the campaign has quote unquote gotten easier over time. But not it hasn't actually gotten no it's just gotten less easier. annoying it's gotten less annoying I think that's, <laughs> right. that's, that's the trick and I think that's what we're, yeah, we're considering it's not gotten easier it's not gotten yeah it's just you it's still just have to have the skill to overcome all the things that we're Correct. throwing at you literally none of the, almost none of the challenges have changed yeah but I think I think the yeah. point that it's that mental fortitude thing is is super important um, because there's there's nothing that makes it easy to quit yeah. you know like just losing, losing progress, progress right yeah that's like that's the moment in any game any kind of game at all if you lose like if there's just like a save malfunction or if you just like die and get reset at some point where you're like that's not worth it yeah that's that's (laughs) the point where you're like oh i'll just go do something else now you know and uh in the context of a of of what is a challenging game when you have these unlimited life checkpoints where you can now try a really hard thing over and over and over and over again because it's so fast and you're like you're embracing a challenge like it it still can get frustrating because you just want to beat this but you're not you're only frustrated at yourself you Mm -hmm. know and you might be giving the level some shade while you're doing it but you're really mostly frustrated at yourself and on top of that, you no longer have you don't have an incentive to quit because if you quit the game, now you, you do get, lose. Your now progress. you got to get back. You to can the checkpoint right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can choose to lose your progress, but now that's you. But doing you're already that to there yourself. now. You might as well exactly because because I, I found myself like after that 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 level that we were we were talking about that I was playing this weekend that had limited lives that did make me quit, and then I played another level that I came back eventually uh, versus on another level where I got to a point and I was getting like so frustrated because I just couldn't get past it but it was unlimited life checkpoint you know and mm-hmm. i was like i didn't want to i didn't i did not want to lose the progress that i had to get there in the right. first place and so i just played it until i beat it yeah it'll push you yeah it pushes you actually so it actually it, it makes you embrace the challenge a lot harder yeah so we're doing it so there it's happening yeah. um also we are we are making a blog post every wednesday about sort of like highlighting the details of the patches mm-hmm. so there'll be more info about that in there um also coming up uh this week in level head is is a share codes update so we're trying to figure out ways to make the game more social and more uh, sort of easier to to engage with as a community. And one of these big things is share codes for levels. So whenever you build a level in Levelhead and you publish it, then we generate a little little sort of seven-digit just random string. It's, it's your share code. You can send that over to people and they can use that to look up the level and then play it in, in game. So it's sort of like just a direct link to your level, right? Um and so we've been trying to figure out better ways to utilize these things. And the thing that we have coming this week is this idea of a share code URL. Mm-hmm. So when you click on a share code uh, for your level, then it's going to copy some stuff to your clipboard, including a link that somebody can click on the link directly. It'll take them to our website and they can click a button that'll bookmark the level for later. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to be on the computer, they could be on their phone, they could be at work, whatever. And when you send them the link to this level, they can bookmark it. And then the next time they boot up level head, that level gets delivered to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so this be a little bookmark section in your profile. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you no longer have to like scroll back through discord to find the share code. Somebody like maybe somebody mentioned a level. You're like, Oh, that'd be super cool. Well, like, yeah. That, and that was the thing I noticed actually is, is watching people talking about all the levels that they were making and sharing with each other and then, and then competing on and so on. And it's just level code after level code after level yeah. code. And of course I'm at work all day while this is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're going to so, miss it. Yeah. So by the time I get home, I like I actually don't have any incentive now to like work because it's so much. Now you got to do a bunch of work, yeah. So I so I just I just don't. It actually prevented me from like really wanting to play level head to try people's levels during the week because now you got to bounce like tab back and forth between Discord yeah, and level head. But if I could just like ask people talk about cool stuff, just click a link and then that was it. Yep. Then that would be yeah. So so we we set it up so that so that that delivery just happens automatically and then uh, you get a little notification on your profile saying like hey you got some new levels in your bookmarks. You go there, um, you can play, you can hold up to 50 levels in there. And then once you play them, then they sort of migrate out into the rest of the game. So they go into your play history, you can favorite them, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and what I'll be doing alongside this, if, assuming that everything goes as, as planned, mm-hmm. is making it so that when people are referenced in the patch notes for, for having contributed something that we then fixed, is that will then become a link to basically your share code player profile. 
yeah, we'll eventually have a watch or a buddy list and uh, subscribe button. Yeah, so yeah. We're, we won't have that part yet because again, that has to requires it, an in-game integration. But what I'm gonna, what I'd like to try to do is actually just have your top, like the links to your top levels oh, appear on fine. your profile page. And so, so if somebody, somebody gets there, they can now them. bookmark yeah. your top levels. And, yeah, because yeah, what we really want to do is make it so that our our, our longer term goal with Levelhead, and actually, I, I guess our our overarching goal the whole time has been to make what we call a hobby game, which is a game that you can play as much as you want. And because of the creativity that it allows and the social side of it, then you can make friends through playing the game. You can meet people and it just it just becomes a thing that you can just keep coming back to as much as you like. Right. And so a big part of that is sort of shaving off these these rough edges where, you know, if somebody sends you a level that you don't have to then like Remember develop your code. own, like yeah. put it in your to do list, yeah. or, you know, uh, do all this stuff to keep track of it. Right. So the, the, the web systems and the game systems should just make all that really easy. So yeah. and speaking of that, so the, the very next big feature that we're working on, uh, is what's coming. Not for this, not for this patch, patch but, but basically but it's already in progress yeah. because it's a bigger one. Like basically there's, there's some things that take more than five days to do. Right. So <laughs> hardly any, but there are, <laughs> there some. are some. So yeah. this, this one is called the daily build. And so essentially what this is, is, uh, our answer to to two things. One is we wanted to be able to sort of provide a constraint-limited building experience for the entire community uh, every single day. So when you pop into the game, uh, you'll be able to essentially opt into building a new level in the daily build. And what that'll include is is essentially a level, known level size and then a suite of items that are the only items that you have available. Now, the fun part about this is this also lets us solve another problem, which is there's a lot of people who want to play a maker game like this, but without having to, in the case of Levelhead, you know, complete the whole campaign. And while we don't want to let people just have everything because it's overwhelming and crazy, uh, this lets us do something kind of like what you see in a game like League of Legends, where they have 130 different champions. And we, got, every, we got 100 something items. Mm-hmm. You know, but every single parallel. week, they do uh, a free champion rotation. And so what this allows you to do as a new player who maybe hasn't bought anything or hasn't isn't good <laughs> enough at the game to earn these champions sort of yourself <laughs> is you get to try these things out. You get to experiment with things. So the daily build will actually include items that you haven't necessarily unlocked yet, right? Yes. Uh, and so what that means is that as a new player coming in, we still get to to reduce the sort of giant complexity of the game down tremendously. Uh, and every day you have a new reason to kind of pop in and you know check out, check out what the new daily build is and maybe start a level based on that. Um, and then we'll be able to kind of bust out those levels so that you can you'll be able to sort by them a little bit in terms of how they're shown in the tower and that's sort of yeah thing. we want to make sure that that levels made using the daily build have a little icon or a mark on them somehow so that you know when you're looking at them that the, that level was made using some set of constraints. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of an interesting idea along, alongside this because this this idea of letting people see content that they otherwise wouldn't have access to, mm-hmm. but now in the context of this super super constrained yep. system. If if we have an additional concept potentially where uh, that actually falls a little bit more in line with like the League of Legends style where for an entire week or something, we just have like a featured item or whatever, mm-hmm. right? That just is available to everybody, whether or not you've unlocked it. There's just like some featured item um, and have that kind of a thing go through mm-hmm. rotation because yeah. that way you still can use it, but now it's in the context of also having everything else. Yeah. So that could yeah, and be I, good. I think part of it is, is you know, the whole – Part of the reason we have the campaign is to keep the game from being overwhelming and also to teach, right? So, yeah. so we got some, maybe we got like a, uh, things moving on paths, right? Like you could just give people all the things that go on paths, give them paths, whatever, and they, they will have never seen any of those things mm-hmm. in any kind of a coherent way. And so they'll just start cramming stuff together and then make weird things that don't make any sense, right? Um, so the idea with the campaign is we want to, we want to teach those things and then also, uh, make it so that you, by by having things come in more of a drip feed, then you start to experiment with a few items at a time. Then you go back and play the campaign, unlock a few more things, experiment with those. So, uh, so it's very much like a Kerbal Space Program approach where they give you a few rocket parts. You fly up for a while. You get some science points. Get a few more rocket parts. Go do some more things. Get some more mm-hmm. rocket parts. Right. Um, so that that keeps it that keeps it from being overwhelming and it's very instructional. So by having this limited set of items, then we we can actually solve. The overwhelming part, at least, yep. Um, yep. it's still not going to be super instructional, but at least it'll be more contained. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, so I'm excited about that, uh, and that's we don't know when that's coming, but we're that's working the on big it. next thing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, all right, so I think that's all we got for level head stuff, mm-hmm. um, and also uh, s- keep an eye on our our blog and also on the Steam announcements. Every Friday, we're doing a community spotlight. 
Um, so that means essentially we're just like keeping an eye on cool stuff that people are doing and make sure that we, that we highlight that in a blog post to kind of draw attention to it. Um, so there's a couple things that have happened this past week. Uh, one is quantum anomaly, who's our number one level builder, um, mm-hmm. in terms of playtime generated, he made this enormous level. That's like a single player RPG. Yeah, it feels almost. like an RPG. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I actually haven't even gotten to play it yet because apparently it's taking people at least like 40 minutes to, Mm -hmm. to get through the whole thing. Uh, which means that like, I need to treat it like a game. Like I need, I need to set aside an afternoon. (laughs) Because most levels you set aside five minutes. I'm like, yeah, I need a few minutes to beat this level. This one I need like, I need like to mentally prepare myself, (laughs) you know? Um, Yeah. So I played through it yesterday. Uh, and it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was very cool. (laughs) And I was like, this is, this is, it's pushing all the systems super far and on top of that yep. it's intricate enough and he was mentioning in the chat just how much time he'd put into playtesting it and then making making sure that it actually worked yeah uh, because it is intricate enough that like i this is not the sort of thing that i would literally ever build because i don't have the patience for it it's a, it's a game he made <laughs> it's a, a game he made a game yeah. inside of yeah. the game so it's really cool it's really cool um so we'll be we'll be definitely highlighting that on the community yeah, spotlight um and then also we've got a uh, somebody in the community, Pop Donk Baggy Cool, mm-hmm. has started up a website where he reviews people's levels. Yeah. So he was doing this in the Discord um, where people would post a level and he would play it and then he would st- started giving them feedback. And then people were like, that's really nice. Like, thank you for taking the time to do that. And so then he started kind of – Of course, it's all getting lost up in the Discord. Show, yeah. Right? And so then he started ramping up. Uh, ramping it up and, and actually giving a lot more detailed feedback about, you know, like uh, things that they did well and things that, that they could think about for future levels they're building, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and people started enjoying these reviews so much that people started asking, like, can we get these sort of like compiled somewhere? And so he bought the domain popdonkbaggy.cool. And, <laughs> and, uh, Which is spelled exactly how you think. Yeah. Yeah. Remarkably enough. And so if you're looking for good levels to play – uh, there's reviews. Just go to popdonkbaggy.cool, <laughs> and he's already using share codes over there. Yeah, so you you can easily just follow the the links and bookmark the levels through his site, yep. and then now you've got them in your game. So yeah, you so, do. Yeah, I I gotta say, I mean, even even though we're still working on building up the the player base of the game, I mean, even with the relatively small number of people we have playing, the kinds of things that are happening oh, it's are wild. Just, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's. It's it's incredible. I can't even I can't yeah. even express it. Anyway, uh, let's get on to questions. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. If you'd like to get your question on a future episode, go there and ask it. First question. We actually have a few questions that are all game maker related and that we've been kind of holding off on because we don't want to get too technical. Yeah, we'll, uh, so we'll stay out of the weeds. Yeah, but uh, we do want to answer the the highest upvoted questions, and that's what these are. So we're we're getting we got to get <laughs> in there. All right. Uh, you said you wanted it. You asked. For you it. you asked for it. We got to deliver. Uh, Fraser says you've mentioned before why you use Game Maker and how right now no other offering gives you quite what you want. Is there any killer feature that if added to another engine would cause you to switch for whatever comes after Levelhead? Uh, no, I think just yeah. just being easier to use. But yeah, that's it's, not exactly it's, a feature. It doesn't have like a thing. It's the entire ethos of the engine yeah. of how they built the whole workflow for every single thing that you do. Um, it's, it's, you're generally only a few steps away from getting something into the game in mm-hmm. game maker. Um, and also just the, uh, the way that they handle objects is very, uh, understandable because it's event driven. It's like you make an object, then you click add event and they're like, what kind of an event is this? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it a collision with something? Is it like, when this thing first gets made, is it an event when this thing gets destroyed? And then you just put your code in that event. So that way you can say like, when this thing is destroyed, make an explosion, right? Done. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, it's very unlike something like uh, unity, which is all code code driven. And so you need to kind of like already know how all these things fit together and what the available yeah. event, like, even though it is event driven in unity, it's still all code based. Right. Um, so just the whole thing is just very nice mm-hmm. in game maker. Yeah, there's not a, there's not a killer feature that's equivalent to that. No. Yeah. If if somebody made a plugin for Unity that made its and literally its entire interface work like Game Maker, yeah. <laughs> then maybe maybe yeah. that would be good. But uh, you know, yeah. Well, because there are actually there are there's so many features in other engines like Unity that 
would make us actually, you know, want to switch some things yeah. that it does do. So it's, it, yeah, it's definitely not a missing feature no. thing. It's just an overall, it has to be an overall effect. Yeah. Uh, and next question. So we have two more game maker questions. Do it. So this is, is what everybody wanted. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> B palm dupe roost says, are you guys excited about the upcoming changes to GML, which is the game maker language? And then the follow-up question is from Lambip Juglo, who says, not like the insane clown posse people, okay. but J-U-G-L-O-W. It's okay, a different okay. thing. <laughs> a low jug. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with the recent changes to GML announced by Yo-Yo Games, how do you think this will change the engine for professional use? What are you most excited about? And what do they solve that annoyed you the most? How does Adam feel about GML now that it's closer to JavaScript? So, I – so I read I read the post because I saw this question and then went and read and then we were talking about it last week and I read the Red Game Maker's post. So we've actually kind of seen some of the stuff in previews a little bit. Um mm-hmm. uh but uh mostly it's not here yet. Yeah. It's and not it's, gonna be it's here slated for Q four, which basically to me means bullshit. That just that means <laughs> that just means someday yeah, so far later. Which though. isn't yeah. a knock on Yo-Yo games, is that anytime somebody says, Oh yeah, this will be done in ten months, that's yeah. literally it's, a guess. it's yeah. just lies. There's no way yeah. to know yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is not about yo-yo, this is about the reality of the reality of predicting um, the future. Yeah. So so I, I I'm personally just trying not to get excited because I went through this list of changes mm-hmm. and yes, like literally everything about that I hate about Game Maker, everything. All of it is being is addressed sorry. with the changes that they're making to mm-hmm. make it so that it would actually be a joyful experience. And, and as as the the question asker said, it's going to make it feel like JavaScript, which I love, which is great. Yeah. Um. So I, I think the short answer is, if it ever does come out, it's going to make development so much better. Yep. Like so much yep. better. It's going to be just stupid. So yep. in, in terms of for them for professional uh, developers, um, it's basically doing like all the little things that people are constantly picking at game maker about, which I'm pretty sure I'm sure they've been hearing for a decade yeah. now, you know, uh, they're really just addressing, they're just things. addressing it. Yeah. And I, and I think it's going to make this a much more viable uh, commercial tool. Yeah. I'm just excited because when it comes to working with data structures, meaning like lists, arrays, maps, dictionaries, whatever, uh, game maker is very code heavy in that sense. Like you, yeah. you need a lot of lines of code to do very simple things. Yep. So that's, what's going to be nice for me is like, I could take something that previously took eight lines of code and do it in one, you know? Yep. So that's, I like that. That's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Next question comes from My Secret Weapon. If you could bring one creature from your games to life in the real world, oh God. which would it be? <laughs> bring it to life? All right. So let's let's think through the games. All right. Towel fight. Then, well, no. no we're going to need to go I'll back. Leave for, that one alone. All right. Tossy the rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Leave all that. All right. Gerblins. The creatures in that are only blurgs and gerblins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, and they're essentially cube shaped. Supposedly the Gerblins are evil, though it's not exactly clear why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they just are green. They're green. They got horns. Well, the they thing is, the, the thing is, they're also. sneaky. You know, they're hiding in the Blurg population, mm-hmm. and you got That's a, also true. You got a pour uh, Blurg juice on them or whatever to to, re- to, to reveal reveal them. them. Yes, or whatever. It was, I guess it depends on what's the what's the goal of bringing the the creature back to life. Yeah. Do you want a work animal? Yeah. Do you want a pet? Do you want to do you want, horrified, an, do you want an attack animal? Yeah. yeah. Now we sorry. So so we've got yeah, in Tal Fight, we got all kinds of horrible things. Yeah, yeah, so don't worry about I that. I don't want to touch that. Uh Quadrupus, we got a lot of interesting sea creatures, but they're they're regular. They're sea fairly creatures, well really. based on regular yeah. ones. Yeah. So I think also really sea creatures, so you can't really space. Then you ducks. also need an ocean. Mm, space ducks, because it's just a space, dragon. But can they only live in space? Because then where are you gonna keep it? No, they just can go to space. Mm-hmm. Oh. They do live in space, but they can live they in space. They also fly in space using wings. Yeah. Which is, which <laughs> is impressive. Which is an impressive if you think feat. about it. I would, I would like a space duck so we can study it. Yeah, like, I mean, how's hmm. it doing this? If they, could, <laughs> if they could fly in space with wings, think how well they could fly in yeah. an atmosphere with wings. Really good. It must be really amazing. And then when they go underwater, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, because that's so even fast. even more viscous. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's a probably fluid. a pretty good animal if you want a, a work animal. Right? I think it's, yeah. it's one you can ride, and now in any environment, literally any environment. Yeah, and a space duck, thing. it's an anaerobic organism. It doesn't breathe. Yeah. Um, cause it lives in space as well, which yep. I feel like there's just so much science we could get from, <laughs> true. from space ducks. It's an impossible creature. So. Yeah. And they make great pie. They when do. You cook they them. Do. <laughs> yeah. So you have a space duck yeah, farm. Yeah. I'm on the space duck train. I think they'd be a good one. Yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah. All right. Space ducks. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question comes from Beaky Bopple Boop, who says, if you could name a newly discovered planet, what would you call it? Hmm. What are some of the the you know factors about this planet? All right, so we need some 
Yeah. So there's a couple of scenarios here. Like one is this is the first is this planet. A, is this in our solar system? Like just another one, or is this just somewhere? Yeah. It turns out it was like right next door, just right behind us the okay. whole time. It was. Yeah. It was. It's actually just been on the opposite side of the sun from the Earth the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. We just couldn't mm. see it because it's too bright. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the same orbit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same, it's exactly same orbit. Yeah. It's so in that case, I would call it like double earth mm, it's like a doppelganger doppel earth i would i would try to call it earth backwards which is unpronounceable her, her, her tree her tree mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> her tree or her tray so that would be a good one yeah. <laughs> uh, her, tray. her tray yep now her if tray. this is a planet that we're planning on colonizing the question is like is it one of the first ones or is it like the thousandth one you know because mm. also you have to keep in mind what you're going to call the people who live there once true. you colonize it Hatrians. Hatrians actually works. Works okay. Hatrians. Hatrians. So if you, at a certain point, it's going to end up kind of like a, like a restaurant situation, you know, where like, if it's some of the first planets that are discovered, they're going to have pretty like upscale kind of classy names Mm -hmm. to really. Jupiter. Yeah. To like really encourage people to go there. Named after a handful of gods. Yeah, right? and like by the time you get to the thousandth planet, it's going to be like a Tom's Diner kind of a situation mm-hmm. where, you know. They already just, just named them like a serial number. Yeah. Scientists gave up a long time ago and given everybody names. Yeah, there's yeah. just so many of and them. And it turns out, yeah, there's just a lot of planets out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it, it's kind of a context-dependent thing. We could just you know? use the uh, the Rumpus Random Name Generator. There you go. And then Beaky Bop-a-boop. The planet. <laughs> it's it's a good planet name. That works. And you have the Baka Beep people. The Beep. They're the Baka Beep. The Baka Boops. Baka Boops. The Baka Boops. Baka Booplings. That would be the children of Baka Boops yep. who live uh-huh. on Baka Boop. Maybe. <laughs> maybe Baka Boop just has a name. Baka Boop. And maybe the the moon is called Beaky yeah. or something. And then you got and like it's the Beaky Baka Boop system. The Beaky Baka Boop system. Yeah. And then yeah. the, the Baka Boops live on Baka Boop, of course. With their booplings. Yeah. So, <laughs> so really just – if we just use the Rumpus Random Name Generator for all these Yeah, you're names. good. Yeah, we've, we've, we've done the math. The Rumpus Name Generator can make something like 20 billion unique names. Yeah. So we're good. Yeah. We yeah. Just I'm sure there are more planets the, than that, but probably not that many livable planets. What if we no man skyed it and we just start applying mm-hmm. – if you when you get a name from Rumpus – when you first log in, do we also just ascribe that name now to a known planet? Mm, we just give you a planet? Yeah, that has a, a serial number. Oh, currently. yeah. We can just start doing that. You we, know? we could just do that. Just start naming all the planets using Rumpus. Yes. And name them after our players. Mm-hmm. What happens if a player renames themselves, though? Too bad. Well, you know, whatever. I mean, but does that also rename the planet? Nah. Or is it? Okay. No, no. It's whatever it was when they first, when they first appeared. Yep. It's kind of like, you know, you can name your child after a planet. But then if you change your child's name, the, the planet, planet stays. The <laughs> <laughs> planet doesn't care. The planet's like, nah. Can't you buy stars? Isn't that a thing? You can well, I mean, think? people sell stars. Right. I think is yeah. the way to say What are you going to do with it once you've got it? <laughs> it's very hot. Yeah. I don't think it's very a, far away. It's very, very, very far, far away. away. It's very hot. You really, and also, it's a it's a great way just to exploit people. But really, also, you don't even know if it really exists anymore because it's so far away. Yeah, that it could be gone. You're seeing the light from. It's like selling a pixel. You know, that's like all yeah. it is because you can't. Yeah. What are you gonna do with it's that? It's just literally a single point of light. But except if you sell a pixel, though, then then presumably you have to do some work because you got to show that pixel. If you're selling a star, you just like point at it and you're like, "That's yours. This one's yours." Mm-hmm. Like, and actually, it, I guess you do have to enter it into a database to guarantee uniqueness. That's true. So it's really what you're buying if you buy a star is a unique entry point inside of somebody's database. It's like buying a brick on a like a new park or something. You yeah. know, well, no. Like putting a name on it and there Except it is. Because that one like literally has your name on it. And, and it, it builds a park for children. Yeah, which is pretty rad. Now, what's going to happen when you go there and then there's like three other people who are aliens who are like, but I bought this star, you Ooh, know, because they, they're not checking, they're not cross-checking the database. This is how the first yeah. interstellar war happens, I bet. Yeah. You know? Two people showed up at the same star buying it from- So I guess it would be an intrastellar war in that case. Intrastellar. Because it's everybody try. fighting over the same star. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Good call, Adam. A, we almost a, went down a bad road there. It'd be a Star War. <laughs> a Star War. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The Star War. Actually, this is, good, this is a good movie premise, I think. Yeah. <laughs> star War. No, it's a whole other thing. It's about a war over a star. Yeah. It's not. It's unrelated. Because, because scam it. artists on a whole bunch of different different planets mm-hmm. scammed people into buying and they did a good job like on, on the planet by itself only one person bought that star they did a great job yeah. mm-hmm. but they never cross-checked with the they other aliens. cross-checked with the other scam artists yep. 
Yep. What are you going to do? So you always got to cross Star War. It's like, they, yeah. That's how you get a Star War. Next question comes from Oopanoo Dupazee. Ooh, that's <laughs> <good>. <laughs> These planet names are Oopanoo Dupazee says, with your experience at the hackathon building an app and your newfound love for DevOps, have you guys considered uh, building a productivity app? Nope. No. I did. You did. I don't know what you guys have been doing. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I've always thought about what it would be like if we built an app because I'm always thinking like, there's no way this could be harder than making games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, because well, an app is just like the interface part of the game. But, right. but well, an app is way harder to sell than it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was talking true. about, because we, we talked about games as like things that, that nobody needs and there's infinite competition Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. People at least but want I, them when they look but, at them. Exactly. People at least yeah. want it. Well, when yeah, but I app, but I feel like that's that's what makes it hard to sell a game is that nobody truly needs your game. But it's true. Like, nobody, just, nobody needs your app either, right? Because now now if you're if you're like going on the productivity train or something, right? So you make your productivity app. Mm-hmm. There there are easily ten thousand productivity apps, them, yeah. minimum. Uh huh. Um, and so really, you're just playing the same game over again, except now it's for something that everybody in the universe finds uninteresting. Right. Right. And so but also people most love apps, productivity. Yeah, definitely. But but not enough. Not, mm-hmm. You know? Well, I mean, I'm thinking about just apps in general because they, they're meant to serve a purpose. It's a tool. That that makes them inherently Yeah, but useful. somebody has to go like search for it. You know what I mean? Like with a game, people just go look for games. So, so, our, mm-hmm. so our challenge as game developers is to make something and establish relationships so that our game is in front of people. Right. Because if we pull that off, the people are like, I want a game. A game, and then they and then they get it, right. and then they're like wish list, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe ten months. Yeah, I'll check back in in six months. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but if you're making an app, then that's not that doesn't get shown to people, right? Because now it's a context dependent thing, right. really. So now now you got to make an app that when somebody searches for exactly the problem that you've gone out to solve, right? So now it's a, now it's an SEO problem. So you have to be able to somehow summarize what your app accomplishes for somebody in some sort of like a commonly searched mm. phrase. That there isn't already infinite competition for him. Unless your app is solving a real problem that people actually have and nobody's really figured out how to sort of identify it. So if you think like an Uber or a Lyft mm-hmm. situation, right? Which is Yeah, like, but how do you search for that app, right? Do you do you search for uh, I want to share a, my car, a car ride with a stranger? I think it's the thing. I think there are certain things that you don't search for. They search Airbnb. You just, you, yeah, you just yeah, know they're, about they're it. They're compelling and useful enough that people start using them and then they become evangelists. They're like, shit, this is great. Yeah, so this, is, is, this isn't about an app. This is about a business platform. Yeah. You know? Like it's a business idea. Right. But I think the truth is it's it's very rare to come up with something that actually does that. Exactly. The whether app it's is the app, easy part. Whether it's an app or a tool or yeah. a nonprofit, most, most things are not nearly as useful as you would hope them to be. And you, even if they would them. be. Then you still got to convince everybody that the problem exists and that you solved it and then get that thing in front of them so that they can actually recognize those two things at the same time. This does remind me – To uh, me, it seems way harder to sell an app than to sell a game. That's probably true. I, uh, here's the thing. It's probably just real, real fucking hard to sell Anything. everything. Yeah. It reminds me of that uh, – those those Intel um, laser glasses. Did you see this? The laser glasses? Yeah, they made these glasses that have an AI in them mm. and they just look like regular glasses. Is Watson in there? Not, they got something. Was no, this IBM? You said no. no. It was uh, Intel. Oh, Intel. Uh, so they've got they've got a little laser projector inside the what do you call the part of the glasses that goes back toward your ear? The ear handle. The ear. I've been wearing glasses for a long time, and I don't know what the fuck. They probably call it a stem or something. The like glasses that. trunk. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's an ear handle. It's arms. <laughs> the glasses arms. Glasses arms. Uh, mm-hmm. So in the ear handle, there's a little laser cannon, basically. And then the <laughs> the lenses are made of this uh, reflective surface on the inside that only reflects that wavelength. Perfect. Okay. So that we can just constantly laser your. So you're retinas. just you're just lasering yourself right in the eye, and mm-hmm. people on the outside can't see it. So it's like a heads up display that goes on on your glasses, but people looking at you can't. They don't see anything at all. Mm-hmm. It's only it's only viewable from the other mm-hmm. side of the glasses. So then, so I was watching this video and I was like, okay, so now you've just got like a permanent screen in front of your eye. You just got yeah. a monitor in front of your eye. It's all also the time. it's also particularly weird because it's actually you have two screens that you're projecting stuff onto, right? And each each eyeball is only seeing one of them. Well, it it does the same thing on both, but it, it makes like a 3D view, basically. It's, okay. like, it's like the thing is floating. So it's got front. like a fixed distance then in front of you, as far yeah. as your eyes Whoa. can tell. And also, because it projects directly onto your uh, retina, basically, then your eye doesn't have- Does it have track to, your eye then, too? To, yeah. yeah. And, your, and your eye doesn't have to focus on it. 
So no matter how good your vision is or whatever, you can just see it perfectly yeah. clearly. Yeah. Now that's cool. I mean, it's super cool technology. But yeah. the question it's, is, as soon as I thought you were just like having to try to focus on a thing an inch in front of you, which I think is impossible, actually. No, you can just see it all the time. It's like a nice crystal clear heads up display. Mm, so I was okay. thinking about that. I was like, that's cool. And then, and then they got into the part of the interview where they were like, so what is this used for? Uh-huh. They shouldn't have even gone there. <laughs> they should have stopped it. It's really cool. And uh, they were like, oh my God, so, so many things. Like you ever, you know, you go to the grocery store and then you're they like. They always give the goddamn yeah. grocery and store And you're like, example. oh, where's my list? And then, and then uh, as if people. People haven't figured it's like an out commercial style. Yeah. yeah, maybe like the person pulls the list out of pocket, like, oh, and they like drop it into some soup or something. <laughs> like, oh, now I can't get groceries. Uh, or they're like get out their phone I to check their to do list the and they throw their phone. In. I think if you make <laughs> if you make a piece of technology that is that ridiculous in terms of how powerful it is, just, and just it. give it to the people. Well, it, and then the only example you can come up with for a problem it solves is yeah, a grocery yeah. list. Then you have fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> You know, well, no, like, they did have one other example, which was solving the grocery list problem is not a multi-thousand dollar problem for you as a person. Yeah, no it's one's going to go buy. He's sticking it. Done. Yeah. yeah. You can solve that. I can solve that problem for a, a half a cent. Yes. Uh, yeah. And so then the other example they gave, I think, was like if you park your car, then you can mark a waypoint in the parking lot. Oh, my lot. God. Same thing. And, yeah. It's like So just – just basically remembering extremely mundane things yeah. is the that's that's his whole damn. that's his whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but it's it, hard to sell things. <laughs> but, all, but all you need to do is just say this brings us closer to a future where the world that you look at is just like video games. Yeah, like that's the pitch I want. I like I'm it. done, right? Because yeah. sold, Adam. Yeah, because like anything, because now anything that you can have a heads up display for. It's like when you're driving and you're like, I don't want to look at my fucking speedometer all the time. That's a serious hazard, right? Mm. If I could just tell how fast I'm going, because I'm just like it's on my eyeball right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yep. pretty rad. I can get behind that. Yeah. Or maybe you glance at a car and your and your cool laser eye. Yeah, look, it does. It, it looks at the make and model. It looks at the license plate and it's like, be careful, this person's got a bunch of DUIs. Maybe yeah, exactly. like, <laughs> or like an Amber just Alert scoot. goes out, right? And then like, and you're just like looking around. You're not reading every license plate, really, but this thing is, yeah, you know, right. And so, so all of a sudden, it like highlights a car, and it's like, and it calls nine one one for you. This just sounds like mass surveillance now, Adam. It's yeah, exactly man, it's like it's fucking yeah. Rad. <laughs> I mean, I don't see what the other. Uh, if if you it's only purpose is if mass everybody has yeah. the internet with a constant display and camera right on their face. Does it have a camera I, too? Does it see stuff, or is it just? I think it has to see stuff so it knows what you're looking at. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know but here's the thing: is because if it doesn't, if if all they did is they made a thing that basically takes stuff that your phone is doing, it's kind of like, like the iWatch, like right? It like the iWatch, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like the iWatch like could have been really cool, except all it is is a device that your phone talks to. It's a phone on your wrist. It's yeah. a tiny wrist phone. Well, it's not even mm-hmm. that. It's a thing that you're like you can't do. I guess yeah, you can't call do. people with the iWatch. Yeah. It's a phone yeah. interface. Yeah, it's a phone interface. So if if these glasses are just another phone interface, then. It literally is only useful for a shopping list, mm-hmm. you know, like that's now its purpose for and, now. And no, thanks. Just no. wait, wait. Eventually you'll be able to find your friend's car in the parking lot. And they there you it. go. You yeah. know, eventually you'll be able to not just remember your groceries, but you'll also be able to remember other kinds of shopping. You know, it would be way cooler as if, as, <laughs> as if when you got a car, let's say like a Tesla, since those are the only like apparently mm-hmm. cars that actually do cool tech. Uh-huh. So let's say, let's say you buy a new Tesla and now when you get in, um, like you, you get inside and it's like completely barren. There's just like nothing going on in there, right? But there's a little like sort of HoloLens style thing in there that you put on. And then all of a sudden the whole thing like comes to life like in, like a sci-fi thing. Mm. And everything – like you're looking around. There's like all this now cool shit and there's like consoles and things that they can now update on the fly. It's like the, the hardware no longer is required. Yeah, this sounds terrible. You know why? Because every time a tech company updates a UI – Oh, they break it. <laughs> well, it's just like we were talking about actually. We updated a UI to make it better. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's like, like, I hate this. I can't figure out where things are. I yeah. don't know what's happening. That would be terrible. There can is you imagine that. If, if like the gas pedal moved – Sometimes in your car because they did like a UI update. Like now to go forward, you got to move your head. You got to put your hand over here. I feel like at this, <laughs> at this point, we're in self-driving car territory, and now you're just like in a moving room and you're just laying around. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Coffee Chemist. I think it's probably the last question. Mm-hmm. Coffee Chemist says, "I love baking when I have the money to buy ingredients. Do you guys have any buttertastic baking recipes that just taste so effing good? I make cookies that are real good. You got the." Re- I got it written down. Only you had some kind of glasses. glasses. (laughs) (laughs) I could pull it up and recite it. Uh, You'd probably have to pull out your phone, find it, and then send it to you. Open it and then put it back in your pocket so you can see it on your Mm -hmm. glass. I think it's from it's the chocolate chip cookies recipe from two Red Bulls. Is the so you took two Red Bulls 
That was why and I was like, you, you put them next to each other. And, <laughs> and then make, you like, you made up some kind of words based off of, okay. Yeah. You made some jazz cookies it's to two, get jazzed up. I think it's tworedbulls.com, which is the food blog that they're on. And it's just called like the best chocolate chip cookies. Mm, there you see. go. To you be clear, look red, bowls. red bowls. Red bowls. B U L L S. B U O U W L L S. Bowls. Just to be clear. Yeah, I be, I only make really the Nestle Toll House recipe, except I don't use any white sugar. Mm. I just use, use brown sugar for the whole fucking deal. What is what's the difference really? Uh, brown sugar is awesome, and white sugar sucks. All right, there, you go. The there it is. You heard it here first. There yeah. it is. <laughs> now, one of the things that I I don't bake actually. I used to. I used to make cookies and stuff and brownies all mm. the time. Then I was like, I'm gonna stop doing this. So I did, <laughs> but. Uh-huh. Uh, back in those times, what I would do is sort of like a recipe evolution technique. So you start with a, with a proven recipe, like chocolate mm-hmm. chip cookies or something really good, and then just swap out one ingredient for another sort of like version of that ingredient. So maybe instead of the, you know, enriched white, uh, flour, I'd go to the Indian, the Indian grocery store and get some extremely fine chapati flour, mm-hmm. you know, try that. See how that changes the consistency. Spoiler alert. It's fucking delicious. <laughs> and then instead of like, instead of the semi-sweet chips, maybe try get some like dark chocolate chips, you know, and just like, just start just morphing it, just morph things until you find something interesting, and you know? You, and then you start a restaurant, you know, or a, a bake shop food truck with yeah. your chapati based cookies. Everyone's like, how do you make these? You're like, I don't know. It's I don't secret. know. I just, di- just do it. Mm-hmm. Do you call them capatis? Ca- Cookies, chapati cookies. I don't know how you put those together. Cookies, chookies, chookies, chookies. This is too hard. I called them cookies. Chocolate chip cookies. That's too confusing. They're super good, but anyway, I think that's that's just a good way to go about it. You know, just go get the normal recipe, find something to swap out, swap it out, and then you, of course, you need to document your results. Yeah. Using yeah, some kind of productivity it. app or glasses or something <laughs> yep. like that. Yep. So, all right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for making our podcast sound good and run smoothly. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we've got merch, uh, links to the Discord, a way to donate to the podcast, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.